When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We'll be discussing an essential milestone that SpaceX recently achieved, securing its first ever contract with the U.S. Space Force for satellite communications via Starshield. Now, the contract was officially confirmed on September 1st, according to Air Force spokesperson Ann Stefanek, and we'll discuss how Starshield operates over the existing Starlink satellites and serves as a secured network exclusively for governmental agencies. The deal has a budget ceiling of $70 million and will support various arms of the U.S. military, like the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. And what makes this even more interesting is that the contract comes on the heels of SpaceX's role in the Ukraine conflict, where it provided internet connectivity to the Ukrainian military. The Starshield contract marks a significant moment for SpaceX as it diversifies its service offerings. And the Starshield network, designed for governmental entities, will operate over the existing infrastructure of the current Starlink satellites. Now, to put it into perspective, SpaceX will provide what's called end-to-end service through this contract. And this comprehensive package includes everything from user terminals and ancillary equipment to network management and various other services. And the U.S. Air Force representative confirmed that the contract lasts for one whole year, with the possibility of extensions in the future. And with this contract financial framework, $15 million has already been earmarked for SpaceX to be obligated by the end of September. We have to consider that this is not an isolated instance of SpaceX's involvement with defense. Previously, SpaceX had won other contracts, and the Pentagon has already been categorized as a high-value buyer for SpaceX. And SpaceX has crafted two separate but interlinked satellite communication systems, Starlink for civilians and Starshield for government. And while both operate over the same Starlink satellite network, they serve completely different purposes and completely different clientele. Elon Musk clarified on the platform formerly known as Twitter that Starshield will be under the U.S. government's ownership and controlled by the Department of Defense Space Force. The civilian Starlink network will remain independent and won't participate in combat operations. Now, what this bifurcation allows is a dual-use system where they can serve different sectors without compromising on the quality or security of services provided. Now, this new U.S. contract for the U.S. Space Force certainly isn't SpaceX's first dance with the defense sector. The Pentagon has relied on SpaceX for a number of rocket launches, indicating a level of trust and satisfaction with the services that they provide. And the work with the Department of Defense and other military branches by SpaceX showcases the versatility and adaptability of these technologies. And the very nature of these contracts often necessitates strict requirements 
for reliability, security, and efficiency, aspects where SpaceX has repeatedly proven its mettle. It would be an oversight to discuss the contract without acknowledging SpaceX's role in the ongoing Ukraine conflict. And SpaceX has been providing internet connectivity to Ukraine's military, aiding their fight against invading Russian forces from the beginning. The decision was not without its complications, though. Last year, SpaceX made the choice not to extend Starlink coverage to Russian-occupied Crimea, a move that some say had a significant impact on Ukraine's military operations. And these actions have garnered attention, even from policy officials, highlighting the geopolitical influence that SpaceX and its technologies wield. Now, SpaceX's involvement in global conflicts and now its contract with the U.S. Space Force have led to a more nuanced role for the company and in world affairs. And while Elon Musk doesn't hold any official diplomatic titles, the influence of SpaceX's technologies, particularly in communications, is something that can't be easily dismissed. should be mentioned that earlier in June that the Pentagon had already signed another contract with SpaceX to provide satellite connectivity for Ukraine's military. And as we move forward, it'll be crucial to manage this newfound influence, responsibility, and ensure that the technologies are used for the betterment of society and global stability. Now let's move on to Jeff Bezos's rocket company, completely separate topic, but still in the realm of space. The recent FAA closure of the investigation into Blue Origin, the new Shepard rocket mishap, it took place on September 12th of 2022. Now, the unmanned rocket faced a catastrophic engine failure, resulting in the booster being destroyed and the capsule deploying its emergency escape system. And according to the FAA, the issue stemmed from a structural failure of an engine nozzle brought about by higher than expected engine operating temperatures. And this problem led to an unintended alteration in the rocket's trajectory about a minute after its liftoff from Blue Origin's West Texas launch site. However, the capsule, which was carrying scientific payloads, executed its emergency escape system and landed safely. The FAA investigation concluded with 21 corrective measures that Blue Origin is mandated to implement, including an engine and nozzle component redesign. Blue Origin, though currently grounded, indicated in the social media statement that flights would resume shortly. Blue Origin, which was founded by Jeff Bezos, had been successfully operating suborbital flights since the summer of 2021. And in that period, New Shepard launched six crewed flights transporting a total of 31 people with some notable passengers, including William Shatner and Michael Strahan. So it's safe to say that the new Shepard program was an integral part of Blue Origin's overall enterprise, constituting a considerable chunk of the revenue and public reputation. Now, the FAA's decision to ground the new Shepard program temporarily has had a palpable effect on Blue Origin's business plans. For a company that had ambitions to send customers on 10 to 12-minute suborbital flights, the hiatus comes as a significant setback, especially with the booming interest in space tourism. And on the other front, Blue Origin recently announced a change in leadership. CEO Bob Smith stepping down to be succeeded by former Amazon executive Dave Limp. Now, this transition is likely to be pivotal as the company looks to steer through the challenges brought on by the recent mishap. Blue Origin is not alone in the commercial spaceflight area, though. The principal competitor, Virgin Galactic, also had to go through a FAA investigation post-Richard Branson's space trip, leading to a two-year pause in their operations. And Virgin Galactic resumed flights with their first paying customers in May of 2023, and it's currently preparing for their Galactic 04 mission. 
Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin are looking to capture a significant share of the space tourism market. With ticket prices ranging from $250,000 initially to around $450,000 currently for Virgin Galactic. With a waiting list of more than 800 people, the demand for such experiences is definitely apparent. Interestingly, both companies have customers who have also shown interest in their competitors. For example, Sharon and Mark Hagel from Winter Park, Florida had flown with Blue Origin in March 2022 and are on the waiting list for Virgin Galactic. Their second trip with Blue Origin is on hold, pending FAA's final nod for New Shepard's return to flight. And while space tourism is a noteworthy segment of Blue Origin's plans, it is far from being their only focus. The company has ambitious projects that include the launch of its New Glenn heavy lift rocket from Cape Canaveral, Florida, a lunar lander for NASA's Artemis missions, and a commercial space station named Orbital Reef. And for Blue Origin, the FEA's decision to close the investigation may mark a turning point. The company is required to adhere strictly to 21 corrective measures outlined by the FAA, some of which may necessitate significant engineering efforts. The timely implementation of these measures is critical, especially with these ambitious projects waiting in the wings. And the FAA's final report, though not publicly available due to proprietary and U.S. export control reasons, states that public safety was not compromised during the mishap. The FAA also clarified that the investigation's closer does not indicate an immediate resumption of the new Shepard launches. Blue Origin needs to implement all corrective actions that impact public safety and receive a license modification from the FAA prior to their next launch. Regulations are an essential aspect of any burgeoning industry, and the commercial space sector is no exception. What transpired with Blue Origin can serve as an instructive episode for other companies in the industry, underscoring the significance of safety measures and regulatory compliance. Let's shift focus as we're taking a closer look at the monumental achievement of NASA astronaut Frank Rubio who recently made headlines for his record-breaking stint on the International Space Station. Touching down in Kazakhstan via the Soyuz MS-23 spacecraft, Rubio's journey is awe-inspiring for a variety of reasons and it prompts many questions about human endurance in space, both physically and psychologically. Lasting an impressive 371 days in low Earth orbit, Rubio managed to shatter the previous American record for the longest time spent in space. He exceeded the previous record held by astronaut Mark Vendehe by a margin of 16 days. And during his stay, Rubio clocked approximately 5,936 orbits of Earth, traveling a staggering 157 million miles and encountered 15 different spacecraft. All of this was part of Expedition 70, which also featured an international team from the European Space Agency, Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, and Roscosmos, the Russian space agency. However, it's not just the numbers that are impressive. Rubio's journey provides invaluable data for experts studying the human body's response to prolonged exposure to space, from muscle and bone mass alterations to changes in the immune system. The research obtained from this extended mission has the potential to shape future space expeditions. Frank Rubio's space mission was initially set for six months, but ended up being extended by another six months while the allure of space travel is undeniable, Rubio, like all astronauts, had to contend with numerous physical challenges while up there. The absence of gravity in space leads to a whole host of bodily changes. One of the most notable is muscle atrophy and bone density loss due to the lack of regular gravitational stimulation. Dr. Jennifer Fogarty, a leading expert at Baylor College of Medicine's Translational Research Institute for Space Health, 
notes that muscle and bone loss generally level off after the initial months. However, the impact on neurovestibular functions, essentially how the body maintains its balance and orientation, is a focal area for researchers. The complexities of readjusting to Earth's gravity after an extended period in space mean that astronauts like Rubio need intensive monitoring and potentially a longer acclimation period. But it's not just the physical challenge that are noteworthy. Being in a closed and isolated environment for an extended period has its own cognitive and psychological challenges. Frank Rubio and other astronauts need to deal with everything from behavioral changes, stress, and sleep loss, all of which can have a domino effect on their immune system. And studies also indicate that long-term isolation can have a measurable impact on stress hormones and other biological markers, which is why NASA takes such meticulous care in preparing astronauts for this ordeal. According to Dr. Fogarty, the closed environment could activate a stress response, affecting the immune system adversely. This makes it crucial for astronauts to be in peak mental and physical condition before the mission even begins. And while the research from Rubio's extended stay is a goldmine of data, the complexities of human physiology in space continue to be somewhat of an enigma. For example, a condition known as spaceflight-associated neuroocular syndrome shows long-term astronauts may experience changes in brain and eye structures. Intracranial pressure can even impact vision, a problem that doesn't always resolve after landing back on Earth. Dr. Michael Decker, co-director of the Center for Aerospace Physiology at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine, highlights the challenges of fluid shift in space affecting eye and brain health. Although scientists have made significant progress in monitoring diagnosing these conditions, the long-term effects remain largely unknown. And for astronauts like Rubio who are undertaking longer missions, there's an elevated level of scrutiny to understand the effects of this. And finally, researchers will be keen to investigate any genetic changes that Rubio may have undergone during his extended mission. We saw similar interests when astronaut Scott Kelly returned from his 340-day mission in 2015-2016. Turned out that 90% of the genetic changes in Kelly reverted within a few months of his return to Earth. This makes Rubio's case intriguing, as the scientific community will be eager to see if similar revisions occur. In a sense, Rubio's mission paves the way for a new era in space exploration, one where we start to gain a more nuanced understanding of the complex relationship between humans and space. It's a mission that may offer glimpses into the future of long-term space habitation. Not just for research, but potentially for colonization. Pop, edit this out. The possibilities are vast. And with every new mission, we inch closer to unraveling the mysteries of outer space. Now, thank you so much for tuning into the Space News Pod today. This is your edit this out. Thank you so much for tuning into the Space News Pod today. This is the show that gives you an update about space, spaceflight, NASA, and SpaceX in 10 minutes or under. And if you found this episode intriguing, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcast platform you're using right now. It's completely free, takes a second, and we're building up this community tremendously within the last six months because of your support. We'll be back with more mind-bending topics in the realms of science, technology, and human endeavor and space exploration in the future. The samples from the OSIRIS-REx mission have been moved to a temporary clean room set up in a hangar on the training range where it's now connected to a continuous flow of nitrogen. Now, getting the sample under a nitrogen purge, as scientists call it, 
was one of the OSIRIS-REx team's most critical tasks. And nitrogen is a gas that doesn't interact with most other chemicals, and a continuous flow of it into the sample container inside the capsule will keep out earthly contaminants to leave the sample pure for scientific analysis. Now, the return samples collected for Bennu will help scientists worldwide make discoveries to better understand planet formation and the origin of organics and water that led to the life on Earth, as well as benefit all of humanity by learning more about potentially hazardous asteroids. Edit this out. Potentially hazardous asteroids. Now, the Bennu sample, an estimated 8.8 .8 ounces or 250 grams, will be transported in its unopened canister by aircraft to NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston on Monday, September 25th. And curation scientists there will disassemble the canister, extract and weigh the sample, create an inventory of the rocks and dust, and over time distribute pieces of Bennu to scientists worldwide. Now, the delivery of this asteroid sample, a first for the United States, went according to plan thanks to massive efforts of hundreds of people who remotely directed the spacecraft journey since its launch in September 8, 2016. And the team then guided it to arrival at Bennu on December 3rd, 2018 through the search for a safe sample collection site between 2019 and 2020. Sick. Edit this out. Sample collection on October 20th, 2020 and during the return trip home starting on May 10th, 2021. Now, after traveling billions of miles to Bennu and back, the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft released its sample capsule toward Earth's atmosphere at 6.42 a.m. Eastern Time, and the spacecraft was 63,000 miles from Earth's surface at the time, about one-third the distance from Earth to the Moon. And traveling at 27,650 miles per hour, the capsule pierced the atmosphere at 10.42 a.m. off the coast of California at an altitude of about 83 miles. And within 10 minutes, it landed on the military range. Along the way, two parachutes successfully deployed to stabilize and slow the capsule down to about 11 miles per hour at touchdown. Radar, infrared, and optical instruments in the air on the ground tracked the capsule to its landing coordinates inside a 36-mile by 8.5-mile area of the range. And within several minutes, the recovery team was dispatched to the capsule's location to inspect and retrieve it. The Euclid telescope is equipped with a visible light camera, a near-infrared camera, and a spectrometer. Its aim is to shed light on the dark universe, which accounts for about 95% of everything in existence. But getting the telescope up and running has had its hitches. It faces three main issues. Its fine guidance sensors sometimes lose track of stars. Stray sunlight compromises some of its images. And that sunlight also lets X-rays seep in, spoiling the imagery. And according to a release from ESA, these problems won't sabotage the mission, but can affect how it executes its work. The first test images looked promising, though. But the fine guidance sensor, which helps the telescope maintain its focus, has been inconsistent. A software fix was deployed to resolve this issue, and it seems to be showing positive results, according to the Euclid Operations Director, Andreas Rudolph. Now, setting up a telescope for its main operation, known as commissioning, is a standard yet time-consuming part of any space telescope's life. It took about a year and a half for Webb Space Telescope to release its first scientific images after launch. And while Euclid's commissioning has had a bumpy ride than the Webb, it's not a unique situation. 
Even the Webb telescope had a little hiccup when one of its mirrors was hit by a micrometeoroid. And the Euclid project manager remains optimistic, citing that they need more time and observation to be certain of the telescope's full capabilities. The performance verification phase is drawing closer, and there's a sense of cautious optimism among the Euclid team. Now, Euclid's camera is sensitive, so much so that stray sunlight is causing some issues. It turns out that sunlight is reflecting off a thruster bracket and affecting the VIS instrument's observations. In addition to that, solar flares are producing X-rays that could potentially ruin some data. The worst-case scenario, up to 3% data loss if these issues are not mitigated. Solutions are in the pipeline, though, and repeat observations could reduce the impact of stray X-rays. And the mission survey could be reprogrammed to counteract the sunlight issue. Different approaches are needed, but the ESA team is actively working on these challenges. Now, switching gears, let's talk about NASA's OSIRIS-REx asteroid sample return mission. The sample capsule has safely returned to Earth and is currently undergoing a carefully controlled extraction process. It has brought back approximately 250 grams of material from the asteroid Bennu, making it the largest collection of extraterrestrial material since the moon missions. The extraction process is intricate, involving a new laboratory and specialized glove boxes to prevent contamination. So far, the team has found what they're calling black dust and debris, and are gearing up for a more detailed examination of the sample using the touch-and-go sample acquisition mechanism, or TAGSAM. Now, NASA has announced a special live broadcast on October 11th, where they'll show the full disassembly process of TAGSAM and unveil the sample to the world. Considering the magnitude of what these samples could tell us about our universe, it's a moment many are keenly anticipating. Both Euclid and OSIRIS-REx missions represent monumental steps in our quest to understand the universe. And while Euclid has its share of challenges, so did many great projects before it. It's the nature of space exploration. Nothing is ever straightforward, but the rewards and the knowledge we gain are incalculable. Now, thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you enjoyed this episode, these shows are short, 10 minutes or under. Please make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on your preferred podcast platform. It's free, takes a second, and helps us out tremendously. So please keep looking up. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll see you in the next one.